This is John Jackson Miller, and you're listening to the Star Wars Canon Podcast. May the Force be with you. There are stories about what happened. It's true. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Canon Podcast, episode 61. I am your host, Brian Miller, and I'm so glad you've decided to join me to talk about our favorite thing in the world yet again, Star Wars. Joining me, as always, from across the pond, I think last week we said it was eight time zones away, staying up late to talk about our favorite thing in the world, is my partner in crime, Mr. Usuf Wally. How's it going, brother? It's going good. It's going good. I like this, uh, you know, the modern era where we're able to be time zones apart and talking about our favorite thing. And it's absolutely fantastic. I like being a partner in crime. It's a cool new nickname for me. I'm going to hang it up on my wall or something. <laughs> my, my, awesome. my fellow rebel sim- uh, sympathizer. Yeah, there you uh, go. <laughs> so, rebel yeah, scum. we've got <laughs> rebel scum. Uh, we have got a hell of an episode this week. Uh, and it's kind of making up for the last couple of episodes where there wasn't a whole lot to talk about. Uh, we've got quite a bit of news to cover this week. Uh, and I think we've got four stories, uh, a little bit of uh, new canon this past week, some upcoming canon, and we've got three really great mailbag questions this week. Uh, we're going to find out who won last week's uh, villain bracket. We're going to announce the new bracket for this week that you guys can go vote on. Uh, but before we get into all of that, let's uh, let's get some housekeeping stuff out of the way. Guys, if you are a fan of the Star Wars canon podcast, the Marvel cast, uh, or just 1138 in general, you guys can head over to patreon.com slash 1138productions and uh, become a patron. Uh, you can show us some love there, help support the show. Uh, by doing so, you'll have access to uh, full reaction videos of Book of Boba Fett that's up, uh, full reaction videos for Obi-Wan Kenobi when they come out. And also, even if you don't want to donate or help support, which is no problem, uh, there's also some free content on there as well for you guys. I sat down a few weeks ago and uh, suffered greatly through the 1978 Star Wars Holiday Special, and that full reaction is on Patreon, completely free of charge for you guys to sit down and watch with me. Uh, coming soon, I will be sitting down and watching the despecialized editions of the original Star Wars trilogy as well. And uh, we'll, be, we'll be putting those reactions on there uh, also. Also, check out 1138productions.com. That website is our baby right now. Uh, on that website, you'll be able to listen to this podcast. You'll be able to listen to the Marvel cast. Uh, you'll be able to watch 1138 Gaming every week when I hop on and uh, when I finally hop back on and start playing some more Horizon Zero Dawn. And you guys can find timelines for all kinds of franchises. Canon, Star Wars Canon, Star Wars Legends is on there. Where we're going to be working on an Assassin's Creed timeline. There's a Halo timeline on there right now. Uh, several, several timelines that will, I think that's going to end up being our speciality actually. Uh, so head on over to 1138productions.com and, uh, check that out. So, uh, with all of that out of the way, Usuf, let's talk about some new canon, man. Uh, so this week, this past week, we're, we're, we're filming and recording this on Thursday, uh, the 28th. Uh, I think it was yesterday we got Crimson Rain number four in the comic realm. And I think that was the only new canon uh, that has that has come out so far, 
and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to reading it. Uh, Usif, are, are did you did you ever check out the War of the Bounty Hunters comic? I don't remember if uh, you you had said you did or not. Uh, I did because I started getting into a whole big rabbit hole. Uh, I went down a whole rabbit hole just because I was started reading up more and more about bounty hunters because of the because of the villain bracket we're on. Right. So I only, <coughs> I'm sorry, excuse me. Uh, I've only started um, looking at that recently. I haven't finished it though, like the whole run, because that was really cool. I uh, I really liked the War of the Bounty Hunters run, and this Crimson Rain run right now is the direct sequel to that, uh, where they're they're doing this massive crossover event again with Crimson Rain, and it's really showing. From what I have gathered so far, I haven't read any of it yet, but from what I've gathered and what, I, what I've been told is that this is showing Crimson Rain really kind of coming back to the forefront of the galaxy. And the reason I'm not reading it yet is because I want to do with Crimson Rain what I did with War of the Bounty Hunters, where instead of reading each comic week to week, and they're kind of out of order, they're kind of released out of order a little bit, I want to sit down and get them all and then just power through the whole story. Um, so I haven't, I haven't started it. I've got the comics over here. Uh, that I need to to get through, but uh, this week Crimson Rain number four uh, did drop. Next week, guys, on Wednesday, we are uh, going to see the release of Star Wars number twenty three, and the long awaited first issue of Obi Wan is dropping next week. Um, I I'm I cannot wait for the Obi Wan comic. Can't wait. Can't it, wait. For it's Obi-Wan. so cannot it's wait. so cool knowing that starting next week we are getting into the Obi Wan content leading up to. The series coming out on the twenty seventh. I, it's it's so surreal that we're getting to the point where the Obi Wan content's starting to come out, uh, and this is going to be a limited series. Uh, from what I've gathered so far, this is going to be a series of it's Obi Wan in his hut on Tatooine, just a little bit, I mean, just a couple weeks before A New Hope, and it's him kind of reflecting on his life, and each issue is a different story from a different part of his life leading up to where he is now. So uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to Obi-Wan number one. I think it's going to be an awesome series, especially to kick off issue one like this right before the Obi-Wan series comes out. So uh, that's what we have to look forward to next week. Uh, let's get into some news, man. Talking about comics, this is one uh, that I'm really excited about. And I think, Usif, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to get excited about this one as well. Uh, Charles Soule, who has written... What I think two of the three Vader runs, two of the how many Vader runs have we had now in the comics? Uh, Charles Soule, uh, also he he also wrote uh, Light of the Jedi. He kicked off the the High Republic, has been promoted to a creative consultant at Lucasfilm, and uh, will will be uh, will be consulting. Uh, you know the same way that they tried to get Tony Stark to be a consultant with the Avengers. We see how well that worked out. So right. he's he's going to end up being a consultant, a creative consultant moving forward. I'm really excited about this. The guy gets Star Wars. The guy understands um, what makes some of these characters tick. You know what I mean? Um, he's done an amazing job with the Vader runs that he wrote. He's done an amazing job with the High Republic. Anytime he writes anything, I get excited about it. Uh, and, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can bring to uh, to the creative side of things. What do you think, Usa? Yeah, I think it. Uh, I think this sets the uh, maybe not sets the tone completely, just gives us a vibe because we're seeing uh, we're seeing writers here get their get their shot to be part of the creative process, and and we gotta admit that Star Wars has been lacking that. And this new era where we're seeing, you know, um, 
uh, Filoni and Favreau, you know, this is just the Filoni verse and we're all living in it sort of thing, you know, this next phase. Uh, I, I love that. I love seeing the writer take charge of the creative process or at least be a hands-on consultant, someone who's done it, someone who's written, you know, stuff for the characters, stuff for other characters, different lines, you know, he's, he's involved with core characters like Vader, he's involved with the new characters in the new era where there's multiple writers working together on that as we know. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I want to see, I want to see more. I want to see what they could do. And I want to see if, uh, I'm not sure if this is going to be announced or not. Um, it's certainly not marketed in Star Wars yet in this way, but I want to see if he comes up and says, or they, you know, overall, like uh, the, the team managing, you know, the new comics and the creative process, they come up and say, well, we've actually started a roadmap for everything we're going to release. And here's what you can expect and so and so and so and so and i want to see if this has an effect on that you know what i mean oh uh, no yeah. longer just sort of announcing new stuff coming out new canon whatever like more along the lines of actually so this is our direction now this is we we want closure on this this and that or we want to see a perspective where we see for example like uh, just uh, given here a, a hypothetical idea of let's see obi-wan be a monk sort of thing or see Darth Vader confront a, a different demon or let's let's not have Darth Vader himself let's have Darth Sidious controlling other guys and let's focus on this or let's see the hero's up and coming story you know what I mean like actual directions oh yeah and and I think you know with the High Republic they really they set a precedent a little bit with High Republic because they got all these authors in the same room together between the novels and the comics and everything like that and really mapped out where the High Republic was going to end up going, and it shows. It, I mean, because I, I know you haven't started High Republic stuff yet, um, but it, 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 I think it shows that they really do have a plan with this era. Uh, and and you know, we're all sitting here going, "Wow, they're going to go back another 150 years." There's a plan. There's a plan. You know that they've set in motion with all of this. The fact that they did concept art for novels and everything like that is just they're really building this era from the ground up. And now when you start listening to some of these authors and some of these writers who have really had a hand in that and making the comics as great as they are and 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 bringing I shouldn't say bringing it to life because the characters are already alive but but bringing to new mediums like comic books like the Vader run with Charles Soule with with the Vader runs awesome absolutely awesome you know and and to bring book authors cuz remember he wrote Light of the Jedi also he kicked off the High Republic uh to to have somebody like that become a creative consultant moving forward with a lot of stuff, it makes me happy. And it, and it makes me really feel like they are starting to get it through their heads that if they listen to the majority of the fan base and not, you know, not get, what's the word? I'm, what, what, how do I want to say this? Um, not, I don't want to say get offended, um, but not look at the negative uh, I don't want to say attitudes. Don't look at the toxic guys. I'm trying to figure out how I want to, how I want to phrase this. If they listen to the fan base, right, and not make things that we don't want and actually listen, hey, they want this. They want this character. They love this they character more. It. Right. Yeah, they then, analyze it more. Then they can start doing, you know, stuff that really matters. And bringing good authors on like this as creative consultants is a great idea, uh, in my opinion. So I'm really happy to see Charles Soule getting promoted. Um I I'm still hoping to God that eventually we get Dave Filoni and a massive. I know he's already a creative consultant, but I mean, like you know, in charge of something. We need a Kevin Feige for Star Wars, 
the way Marvel has Kevin Feige. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like you yeah. said, to put the roadmap together for everything, I think that would be absolutely awesome. Uh, and I and I look forward to see. We what, want the Darth Sidious of Star Wars. That's what we yes. want. Darth Sidious of Lucasfilm. Absolutely, and and somebody who's got the long plan. Get Ian McDermott. You know? He's probably going to know how to do that. He's, just, <laughs> he's been practicing. He's been acting. Execute issue sixty six. Release it. <laughs> episode episode sixty six. And, and the Skywalker I, saga. And I'm I, going to come back again. And, and I can already see it. The fans are going to start complaining about a movie that comes out, and he's just going to be sitting behind a desk going, "Good, let the hate <laughs> flow through you." So. uh but yeah, no, I think it's, this is a good thing. It's cool to see that they're actually that, that people are getting recognized for for their hand in making some really good content, you know. So, uh, congratulations to Charles Soul. I'm really excited to see what he does moving forward. Uh, let's talk about some Andor, Usif. This is a series that I know you're looking forward mm-hmm. to just as much mm-hmm. as I am. Uh, we yeah. finally had it confirmed that Andor. Uh, we'll be getting three seasons. We thought it might have been five, but they confirmed it's going to be three. Uh, and that season two is going to be filming this fall. That early, Usif. It's already, I mean, we're just a few months away from them already filming season two. Exactly. They're going to have two seasons in the bag. Yeah. Like in, their, in their duffel bag, just ready to kapow. You know, just ready to launch. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, this is really exciting because we knew we were following the news that they had finished. And there was like on-screen uh, shots released of, uh, excuse me, not on-screen, on-set shots released of the filming of season one. And that was really cool for us to take a sneak peek at. But, um, yeah, I'm really excited to hear that they're starting to work on season two to have that. And so they have the story. They know what they're doing. Right. Yeah, I and and the fact that they have that much confidence in Andor that they're already oh, yeah. filming a season two, and we don't even have a trailer for season one yet. Yeah, we don't even have a trailer yet, and they've already yeah. scheduled season two to be filmed. So it shows a Great lot of confidence on. in their project moving oh, yeah. forward. Uh, Andor is a series that I think a lot of people are sleeping on, but I am really excited for this series. Um, and I, I think I said it last week when we talked about Andor a little bit, or maybe it was the week, or the episode before. Uh, how it's I really I'm excited for it because it's going to show that gray area that the Rebel Alliance works in that we heard about in Rogue One and yeah, we, you know we haven't we all did things it was in that yeah. it was in that part if anybody has missed this uh, it's in that part where Jyn Erso after her big sort of confrontational speech with the you know the leaders of uh, of the Rebel Alliance and then she's she's like you know what screw this f this I'm gonna go out there and do it myself and then Ender's like yeah we're coming with you and. Uh, She's like, she, she looks at him and he goes, you know, we've, we've all done things. And so in that scene, just before they go off and be Rogue One, before they go off to the planet, you know, and they go off to try to, to, to steal the archive and so on, but, or, or hack into the archive. Yeah, it was awesome before they launched there. Uh, great, great little snippet there. Just telling us that, you know, they, these are rebels. They have, they have done stuff. They, they've been spies. They've been behind enemy lines. They've been assassins. They've they've murdered. They've killed. They've snuck in. They've they've done things that you know they've done heavy shit. These guys have been at war, and this is a part of Star Wars which we can't wait to see. Right? The I mean, sure we know there's a war on, but what about you know the real gritty stuff of the war? Espionage in Star Wars? Ah, oh, give me more of that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's there's several lines in Rogue One that really gets me excited for this. You know, when he tells Jen, he's like, suddenly this is real to you. I've been in this fight since I was six years old. 
and and there's yeah. and there's a lot of history there with him, you know, because we found out later that he was on a separatist planet. He was on the side of the separatists during the Clone Wars, and it, it's it's there's there's so much potential there for storytelling with Andor, and obviously we know what his fate's going to end up being. But you know, we, we got a little bit of a a taste of that kind of gray area. At the beginning of Rogue One, when he shoots his, his informant in the back, when he realizes he's not going to be able to climb out because he's got the, the the broken arm, and he, and he just he's like, oh it's gonna be it's it's it's, it's gonna be all right, and, you know, in the back and then takes off, you know, yeah. it, it was a cold mercy, you know, you know what I'm saying, yeah. and so to see that in an entire series, and when you said the word espionage, please God, yes, I, I this is going to be so awesome, and the fact that it's they they've already planned three seasons for this thing. I can't wait for for Andor, and to know that season two is going to be filming this fall, it really gets me excited. So, uh, really, really excited for that. Uh, the next story I wanted to talk about is one that kind of I think we kind of saw coming a little bit. I, I don't think we saw it coming as quickly as it did. Uh, but if you guys will remember back a couple of months, there was uh, a, a, a screenshot, a leaked picture that was going around of I believe was it a hoodie or was it. I don't remember what it was. It was like a, a Christmas gift or something, I think, for some of the crew working on some of these different productions for Lucasfilm. And one of the pictures had a logo on it that said Tales of the Jedi. And we were all like, what, what is Tales of the Jedi? What is this going to be? You know, because this was, Tales of the Jedi was a comic, uh, a graphic novel series, a comic series in Legends that really, uh, focused a lot on really, really ancient Old Republic stuff, Jedi and Sith. I mean, really deep Star Wars lore stuff, Force lore stuff. And uh, this is going to be an animated anthology series. And this is this is something I'm excited for. And they just came out yesterday, I believe, saying that, the, or day before maybe, that this is what this was going to be. And that we're going to get our first look at it at Celebration coming up this, this quick. Uh... What do you think this series is going to be, Usif? Do you think this is going to be really, really old Republic stuff, or do you think this is going to be something entirely new? You know, something something based off of that kind of title, or you know, do you think it's going to be something like that, or something completely new? I'll say what I want to see. I don't know what I, what I, what I think is going to be. I'm not sure if there's a specific direction. First off, I don't think um, I don't think it's going to be Legends. I think it's going to be mostly like sort of uh, archival stuff of the Jedi. Do you know what I mean? Like sort of right. um, uh, stuff that, that we'd find in the Jedi archives, something in the, in the library sections, you know what I mean? So, so whether it would be uh, fables or they could be actual legends of Jedi masters in the past who have overcome certain challenges within their lives on their on their journey and through the through you know the learnings of the force or the teachings of the force i think that that is potentially something really interesting for me to see you know this is this is the jedi philosophy basically because we we haven't really seen too much of the jedi religion we've seen people represent it and we've seen the struggle between the light and them and the dark and everything but um to actually see jedi go through it and go through these learnings and go through these teachings that'd be pretty cool um, to to hear these things because um, this this could be the chance uh, for writers to come up with a sort of a sort of bible a sort of story a sort of um, you know this is what the past you know this is what they have done 
in the past Jedi, and this is how we we know now to be wiser, wiser than so, or wise like him, or powerful like him. We must look beyond, you know, uh, whatever's in front of us based on the the teachings of Master So and So back in, back when he was facing this sort of thing thousands of years ago or whatever. Yeah, so this is what I what I think is going to happen. It would be like teachings and passed on through the generations, sort of thing. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, uh, kind of like what Yoda was telling Luke: pass on what you've learned. That kind of thing. Right. Um, I, yeah, I don't think this has anything to do with the comic series from Legends at all. Uh, I, I think people are getting excited because they think that's what it's going to be. Because uh, in that series, we had like Exar Kun uh, get uh, get introduced, and, and you know, and, and things like that. And and I don't think that's what that's going to be. Um, we we do know that there's an animated thing. We don't we don't know what it is yet, but we know Anthony Daniels has been doing motion capture for something animated, probably the droid story. Um, but there's been all these other things going on behind the scenes. There's been rumors that there was going to be a, an animated series about Luke and his Jedi school. You know what I mean? What, two, three, four years ago, three years ago? I'd love that. There yeah, was rumors going I around that that's that. what it was going to be. And, and so I, we're going to find out at Celebration. But I, I, this gets me really excited because, like you said, we haven't seen a whole lot of Jedi Sith stuff in canon lately. Um, there's there's been a handful exactly, of it, yeah. but we haven't actually got to watch anything new uh, that that really focused on the on the Jedi. And I yeah, I'm I'm excited for this. Uh, I'm hoping because you know they just uh, came out with this. What was it called? The Galactic Pals animated micro short series for kids. I hope this isn't something that they're doing for the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel. And part of me is a little worried that it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm hoping that it's not. I'm hoping that this is basically the next Star Wars Rebels. Don't get me wrong, not a sequel to Rebels, but it's the next big like series that everybody yeah, yeah, really the next, gets by. Like the yeah, next, yeah. Uh, the next series that I'm going to co- use one of my coined phrases that's got the meat and potatoes of a story. You, you know what I mean? And so I, I'm, I'm hoping that that's what this is and not just a little throwaway thing. Kind of like what Star Wars Blips was. Forces of Destiny, kind of. You know, I, and I'm hoping it's nothing like that. I'm hoping this is a proper weekly serial series you know so uh time will tell we'll find out next month we're only what a month yeah we're a month away from celebration right now uh it's going to be a long month waiting for for a lot of this stuff uh but like i said time will tell uh before we get into the villain bracket there was one other thing that i wanted to bring up and kind of get uh everybody's opinion on i really wanted to get usuf's opinion and i'm interested in your opinion as well uh there was an article that is going around. Uh, I don't want to say the name of the website that it's from. I don't want to call anybody out in case this turns out to be BS. But there is an article going around. Uh, Kirsty sent it to me yesterday. Kirsty's dad told me about it also. And started looking into it. And there's an article talking about there was a fan film that a group of fans were putting together called, uh, what was it called? Let me find it real quick. I don't remember what the name of it was. Um, anyway, so they were doing a, a fan film, and they got Lars uh, Mickelson involved with it. And for those of you who don't know, Lars Mickelson is the voice of Grand Admiral Thrawn in Rebels. Uh, a lot of speculation of him coming back for the Ahsoka series. His brother uh, was Galen Erso. You know, his brother played Galen Erso in Rogue One. Uh, but... There's speculation now that because he played in this fan film 
that it may have been a breach of contract and that he may end up getting blackballed from being in Star Wars. And I'm and there's nothing official saying that he is. There's been no comment made on Disney's part yet. This is simply a speculation thing. This is this isn't even really I wouldn't even put this in the realm of rumor. You know what I mean? It's just something interesting to kind of talk about. Uh, the name of the film was Shrouded Destiny. Uh, this article went on to say, I'm reading this uh, right, right off this article. It says, Mickelson has recently starred on a voluntary basis in Shrouded Destiny, a fan-made and crowd-funded Star Wars series. With the Danish, a Danish actor having been the favorite to bring Thrawn to live action due to his voiceover role as the villain in Rebels, it's possible his appearance is an unofficial Star Wars project or his... Oh, it's possible his appearance in an unofficial Star Wars project sabotaged those chances. Um, what do you think, Usa? Because, like I said, we I, I don't want to stir anything up. This isn't an official report. It's nothing that we need to be scared of, thinking, oh, crap, he's out. It's nothing like that. There's been no word whatsoever from Disney. I just want to put that out there. There's been no word. I'm not trying to, to come up with a scoop or trying to start rumor the rumor mill or anything. This is already out. I just wanted to kind of talk about it and see what your thoughts were uh, from... A, the point of view of somebody who would, I mean, would love to see him come back as Thrawn again, obviously. Do you think this is a possibility? And do you think that it would be right if this did end up be coming to, to fruition? Um, so we're talking here. Uh, I'd also like to mention this, like, on the whole. So when I'm addressing this, I'm addressing it in principle, not just for this specific actor slash voice actor slash um, Star Wars um uh, cast member or even a writer because this is the thing here uh firstly on a personal level i really don't think there's anything wrong with this we don't think there's anything wrong with growing fan base and fan content um disney's and lucasfilm and any other franchise will not lose money in you know on the contrary fan fiction when it comes out it's it's usually made uh in homage to the 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 original, you know what I mean? To whatever it right. is that is existing. Even if we, even if you and I get together and decided to do a little bit of edit, like we were mentioning last weekend's episode about something that we wanted to see in the sequels that we'd rather have, you know, it's still addressing the sequels. It's still talking about this content. It's feedback, and it's uh, it's talking about it because we love it. It's not talking about it because we hate it. Even if we hate it, well, I mean, you have to. It's still content. You're going to love it. You're going to have it. You're going to hate it. The important thing is that you have it. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, or, or that you go through it or that you see it and then, and then you pay for it or you, you live around it and so on. The, the thing here, uh, if I think it's likely that, that they might blackball him, blacklist him, whatever it is, uh, shun him, stop him from using new stuff or working on new stuff. Yeah, I think they might. I think they might because... Uh, not 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 because they're prejudiced or they're bad or anything. Simply because it's a legal thing. You know, right. you do not represent this show or this content in any way other than the way we tell you to. Mm -hmm. That's just the rules. And I understand why they would have these rules. And I just think that they ought to ease off on this kind of stuff. Um, at least with different kinds of characters, man. I mean, if, if Ray, uh, actress who did Ray, um, Daisy Ridley came out. And all of a sudden, she was in a fan fiction film doing something. Yeah, I completely understand them alienating her completely and then suing the shit out of her and doing stuff. Because she's the face of an entire era within Star Wars, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, if, if she came out and all of a sudden was in a little fan fiction, 
coming here like to do a little piece of you know let's say she she was here in egypt for example we brought over like a a star destroyer up above the pyramids and stuff and she went into the pyramid and she got like a uh, a pharaoh's thing and she pulled out like uh, an old artifact of some sort and then she came out and used that to whatever you know what i mean like what if she did that and it was just complete fan fiction just sort of a video project from a star wars fan for university or something for, for a project um you know what if that happened well you know it depends on how serious it is but they they definitely wouldn't like that because she's under heavy heavy contract mm-hmm. so okay so is that the same for a voice actor Potentially not. Potentially these their contracts aren't really the same. Potentially their contracts are just, you know, much, much lighter, not so so heavy sort of thing in their in their um commitment requirements and their, you know, the fine print and stuff. And also, what about writers? What about directors? What about things like what what about these what about these people, you know, who does everybody have stuff that they need to stay away from from now on in terms of Star Wars? In short, I think the answer is yes. I think that, you know, all these contracts are, you know, they've got clauses within clauses within clauses within clauses within clauses to just try to keep people, you know, you're not we're going to work on anything related to Star Wars unless it's through us. You know that, right? You're not going to work on anything that's potentially going to harm our view of Star Wars. Kind of like, uh, I'm not saying about their own um, personal conduct. I'm talking strictly professional jobs, fan fiction, whatever it is. But yeah, that's that's um, that's what I think on whether or not they would do it, whether or not they should do it. I mean, with a pinch of salt, guys. Like seriously, yeah. uh, oh, don't, don't yeah. go over. Yeah, don't go overboard. The guy, if if he did do, well, I mean, if he hopefully he is doing this 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 fan film still, and he's going to be voicing or working as different characters. One of them would be reprising a sort of thing because he is the impression of this awesome character, which we want to see, mm-hmm. who is a fantastic character within the series of Star Wars in general. Whether whether it's Rebels that, that you like him, whether it's um, uh, whether it's in the novels, so you're hearing his voice from Rebels and you're living in in, in the novels with his voice, you know, you're living through the novels, excuse me, with, with his voice to go through it with the impression which he gives. Uh, he is embodying the character one way or another. Sure, he's a voice actor, so technically you can just change him with a snap of your fingers. But that's, I mean, I, I don't want to see that at all. Do you? No, no, not at all. And I, I think it's worth noting, too, this article doesn't say anything about what character he played in this yeah. fan film. Yeah. So I, I I don't know if he was playing Thrawn. It doesn't say anything just, about I should just assume it might be Thrawn as well. Yeah, yeah and so, and so I, I don't, because I was just looking through it, um, and, and it doesn't say anything in here about what kind of character he played uh, in it. So if he's not, because here's the thing, if he played Thrawn, I, I can kind of get it. Like, you know, if he was voicing Thrawn, because Disney knows that there's fan films out there. They know there's all of these fan-made projects that they just absolutely that, that, that fans are making uh, exactly you know and, and there's nothing they can really do about a lot of them um now if he was just playing some random character I, I don't think they have any right to feel a certain kind of way about that you know um they really can't dictate what he does in his spare time to be completely honest you know I mean now if it was a, a, a full-on production you know I I, I get it but I I don't I don't see how this would be an issue. Now, like now, like I said, if he's voicing Thrawn, then I get it. I get why they would be upset. But uh, like I said, there's been no word whatsoever from Disney on any of this. Uh, I think this is just oh, part of the speculation deal, at this part point. Of the, I think part of the reason, correct me if I'm wrong here, is that 
Um, I'm not very familiar with this kind of law or the motivation behind it, but um, they're, they're, they might be angst up about this because technically this is a method for him to also make money. Right, right. right. Like this fan film, I mean, if it is posted, even if it's not a big production, when it's on YouTube and it gets uh, views and whatever, that's you. You could technically monetize that that content, could you yeah, not? Yeah, I. I know it's not that easy, but it's know. not. <laughs> I don't know if they could monetize yeah, a fan film a or not, um, because I know just from like my experience, right? Because um, I've never made a fan film or anything like that, but just from my experience alone with Disney, when I was making the Star Wars Canon Library mobile app, I got a cease and desist letter from Disney over that. And, oh yeah, I remember that. And so I. And I fought it, and I basically told them, I'm not making a penny off of this thing right now. You know, there's yeah. there's going to be in-app content eventually, in-app purchases, but everything that you guys have, your entire IP is free on my app. Like, anything that has to do whatsoever with your IP is free. It's my content that I was going to monetize. And they ended up coming back saying, even though we strongly disagree with you making this app and think it's inappropriate, there's nothing we can really do about it. That's basically what the gist of it was. Um, and then I ended up not being able to afford the app anyway. So it was, you know, just from my, and, and I just had a tiny app, you know? I mean, I think we had 1,200 downloads at the time that I got the, the cease and desist letter. And so it wasn't that big of a deal yet. You know what I mean? And they caught it like that. And and so I, I, I think if they were going to make a big deal about this, they'd have done it already. You know, I think this may just be fan speculation at this point going, oh, crap, please don't let us lose him, you know. Um, but I don't know. So, guys, the reason I wanted to bring this up is let us know what you guys think about a situation like this. Do you think Disney should have the right to be able to say that he's not allowed to be in Star Wars fan films? Or do you think that they just need to butt out and just whatever he does? I, I understand that there's contractual obligations for these actors. I get it. Um, and we don't know what's in his contract. But... Guys, do you think this is a big deal? Let us know in the comments of this podcast. We'd love to hear your guys' uh, thoughts on that. Uh, let's move on. The villain bracket for this week. Uh, Usuf, explain to everybody a little bit about what this uh, this villain bracket is. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, uh, personally, you know, this uh, idea came about because um, I really love the villain in any story which uh, or saga which I look into or read or get to experience. And there's a lot of content out there, whether it's books, novels, in any genre, really. I think, you know, personally, my favorite thing about any story would be the villain, not the hero, not the protagonist, but rather the antagonist. I think the greater the villain, the greater the antagonist, then the greater the story and the challenge that the protagonist or the hero uh, has to face. And, oh, goodness me, if the villain actually succeeds or wins, you know, this, for example, like if you're if you're a Marvel fan, if you've seen Thanos and at the end of Infinity War, he won. And I, I stepped out of that theater hearing everybody, most of the people around me and my friends going, I'm actually I'm actually not not mad at Thanos. Like he, he's a villain and he did something and that kind of thing. That that's how brilliant villains can be seen. And I fell in love with Star Wars because of. The, the conniving, amazing thought and mastermind, the thought power, power of, you know, just, just how brilliant he was. Um, uh, I'm talking, of course, about uh, uh, Darth Sidious himself being the biggest, most um, impressive baddie which I've ever seen through episodes one, two, three, four, five, and six. Um, and 
then, so this, this idea came about that one of the ways which I wanted to get through into Star Wars deeper and deeper into the content, um, because I'm quite, uh, I'm quite a latecomer when it comes to Star Wars, definitely uh, in compared to Brian and perhaps even to many uh, of, our, uh, of our followers and listeners. Um, I'm still catching up with a lot of the novels. I'm still reading up on a lot of the comics, which I haven't even... There's so many different facts that are brilliant, whether it's little tidbits like, you know... Well, I don't want to say anything here in case it ruins anything, but yeah, whether it's little tidbits about characters who, who were, you know, let's say on Naboo protecting a certain uh, queen and then they ended up being uh, a, a, a commander, admiral uh, on, on a Star Destroyer later on in the Empire, you know, um, stuff like that. Whether it's that or actual important information on how the story moves forward and how the dynamics go um i i only just finished clone wars this past uh started last year in the summer and i finished it through fall and i was just binging it and uh, i had an entirely different review not only because i was watching it you know forcefully but also because the stories in there the arcs were brilliant they were just absolutely amazing there were different villains popping up there was different uh, chemistry going on in between the characters so what is a great way for us to sort of uh, get the, um, you know, get your attention, look at different characters and the real backstories behind them and why they're important. We did, uh, we set up a list uh, of villains, of notable villains in the Star Wars universe, and we're going to pit them against each other. And you are going to vote for who you think is the coolest. And that's the thing here, the coolest. Who do you like more? Who do you admire more? Not necessarily who the strongest is. Not necessarily who would win in a fight. Not necessarily who's, who's, who's had the most lore. Who's had, you know, the coolest shots on camera. Whatever is cool to you. Whatever you think makes that character best. So we've, uh, we've sorted them into, uh, into categories. We've already started with a few. In case this is your first time uh, listening here and you haven't been following us. We've done five so far. And the fifth one, we're going to announce the, the results uh, in, in just a bit. So we've decided them into categories. So first category, for example, would be uh, uh, Sith Lords and then um, miscellaneous force users. So miscellaneous force users would be like um, Savage Press, for example, um, uh, Asajj Ventress and uh, Snoke, actually, we have on here. We don't have them on as a Sith, and we'll discuss that once, once, uh, once we get there. We've got another category, um, military figures, which is personally my favorite, actually. Uh, bounty hunters, which we're on now, and we've already finished this last category, which is uh, general assholes category. And um, we'll post uh, we'll post a little post with a summary of like all the characters, if you like, so we can have a little bit of an update uh, this week. I can get on that post; it's pretty easy. Just listing all the characters which we have so far, and um, who's won and who who's come up against who and who's won so far. So we had general assholes, and the uh, the winners of that category were three different characters, and we'll have them come up again against different characters in different categories later on uh, in other episodes once once we're done uh, with the brackets within each category. So Jabba the Hutt and Sebulba and Hondo came out of that category. And um, last week's episode, we saw Jango Fett beat out uh, Zuckus. So you see, if you actually read up on Bounty Hunters, and that's what got me down a rabbit hole, as I was mentioning earlier, I had to research who Zuckus was. I, I hadn't even heard of it. I didn't even know who, who his name was. So when I was researching, when I was researching initially the names of the villains which, which we ought to have, and I saw Brian add in Zuckus's name, I figured, oh, wait, who's this? So I searched him up. I was like, whoa, this character is actually pretty cool. And then uh, Boba Fett came up against Valance last week. 
And uh, again, I was actually really surprised to hear Brian on last week's episode say he was really interested in Valens too, so I, much. I was he, pulling for him, yeah. Yeah, he voted for him. And I figured, well, come on, nobody's going to vote for you know anyone against Boba Fett. He's just the coolest thing right now, isn't he? Well, no. No, he isn't. Because you have to have your perspective on this. And um, it's just really cool to see this. And I get to read up so much more about these characters and see just how deep Star Wars lore actually goes. And Star Wars is such a huge, huge, you know, amount. There's episodes and there's comics and there's things. And there may not be, they may not be shown in the best way. They're not so concise as other franchises out there. But that doesn't mean it's not there. So, yeah, our favorite thing in the world, Star Wars. I am so happy to keep looking into it. I have, it's, it's not limited in any way. Yeah, and this just gets me excited. So I'm sorry about if if I went a little bit too long there, Brian. But yeah, I'm I think I uh, not at all. You're good. I I think I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm good here for now. Talking about this uh, ranting about how 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 much I love villains. Every episode is, is amazing. I could do that forever. And if you are uh, interested in more villain stuff, and if you have a favorite villain in Star Wars in general, or in fact any other franchise which you think is worth any attention for us to look at, our attention to look at. Please message us. Make sure that uh, make make sure that that we're aware of this because we'd like to talk about it in another episode or something. You know, one of the reasons why we're mentioning other series is because we love them so much. And whether it's Marvel, whether it's Assassin's Creed, whether it's anything, yeah, um, a huge motivation of that is looking at the saga and that it's worth it. You know. So yeah. So Brian, you want to let us know on who uh, who yeah. won this week's bracket Absolutely. and we can start the new one. Absolutely. So you guys voted. You guys were able to vote uh, on YouTube on our community page. You're able to vote on our Facebook page. You were able to vote at Twitter. Uh, and actually, I've been forgetting to mention every week, but the poll is also on Spotify. If you're listening to this podcast on Spotify, scroll on down a little bit, and the poll will be available there as well. Uh, so it's it's the four places that you guys can go vote. And you guys spoke, uh, and as, as much as I hate to admit it, Boba Fett won. And I... I I get it, guys. I get it. I, I understand. Boba Fett's a badass. I get it. Uh, I, I voted Valance, man. I couldn't help it. I love Valance as a character. He's so cool. Um, and, and, you know, he's got a moral code. I guess they. I guess Boba has a moral code, too. But Valance's is, like, really front and center, you know. Uh, I really liked his history and everything. But you guys spoke, and that's the important thing. Boba Fett won this round. So Boba Fett will be going on uh, to go up against... Whoever wins in the next couple of brackets, and uh, we'll we'll see who ends up coming out on top. This week, though, we are going to pick right here on the air the next two, and you guys are going to find out with us what the next uh, what the next bracket's going to be. And spin the wheel, spin, spin the, the wheel. wheel. I've got spin the wheel pulled the up. Wheel. For those of you watching the video version, you can see I've actually got a real wheel pulled up. Uh, a we couple of, a couple of weeks ago, I thought it was funny because my. Uh, my father-in-law was in here talking to me while I was working on putting together, you know, everything for the episode. And he looked over and was like, you have an actual wheel. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, I thought that was just a sound effect that you were adding into the show uh, to make it sound like you were picking the, the character. I'm like, no, we actually are randomly picking these guys. So uh, for those of you who ever thought maybe we were just put because we, we've had a couple of matchups that were like, wow, that's perfect. You know what I mean? Like those two really went well together. It was completely luck of the wheel. So. Uh, we are going to uh, tap this sucker, and we're going to see who the uh, the first uh, bracket uh, member is going to be this week. And it's looking like it's going to be IG-11. IG-11 from The Mandalorian. 
the nice, uh, our first droid, the caretaker droid. Yep. So we've got IG eleven, and uh, let's spin this again and see who IG. And it's gonna be crazy if this lands on IG eighty eight because you are <laughs> kidding me. No, right okay, it's gonna pass him. So it looks like oh, it's gonna okay. be Black Chrysanthemum. No, we've got IG eleven going up against Black Chrysanthemum. Uh, yeah. So. You want to talk a little bit about IG-11 or Black Crescent, whichever one you want, and uh, oh, I want to I'll, talk about I'll take the other. Go for it, brother. Go for it. I was so excited to see him pop up uh, in live action. Uh, firstly, you know, I love Wookiees. They are my spirit animal. It's just the way it is. <laughs> um, yeah, if I could, I mean, I don't think if I could, I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm big six foot five, maybe six, six, big, big guy, kind of hairy as well, but yeah, comes with the comes with the area i'm from i suppose <laughs> middle eastern and all that yeah um i've always i've always loved chewy and then seeing chewy free his fellow uh, wookies um in solo and uh, when we went to the planet um kashik in uh, jedi fallen order and when i see other wookies throughout series throughout different shows throughout other throughout comic books and uh, even before reading, I still haven't read any Higher Public stuff yet. I'm trying to get through a milestone, obviously, with other stuff that I'm reading and then start Higher Public properly and blaze through that. Yeah, I just love Wookiees. I love where they're from. I love how brilliant they are. I love the planet. I love how strong they are. I, love, I just love everything. But the Black Crescent himself is cool. He, he's got uh, – I'm, I'm, I'm going to be super biased here. I don't want to go too, too deep on it because otherwise <laughs> everybody's just going to be like, oh, yeah, we're, well, we're just going to vote for them. There's no point voting for them now because Yusuf's just going to vote for them. But yeah, the thing is that uh, droids are really cool as well. But Black Sand, he was he was he was fighting for his life. You know, he was he's a gladiator. What's what's cooler than a Wookiee? Well, a Wookiee gladiator. You know that that's what's cooler. You know, um, and then turns into a bounty hunter because that's you know earned his freedom and walked out that way. And maybe not even his freedom because actually he was working for the Huts later on. Um, maybe not in slavery, but they sort of yeah co-owned him or whatever the the term is in star wars uh, for whatever he was but yes um on the other hand we've got um ig11 who is a meticulously very very specially designed droid so these 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 guys you know the assassin droid sort of thing wait the, the, um, there's a technical term what is that i can't remember it right now but um yeah so he's um he, he shows up um, on Mandalorian uh, on the show. Um, he shows up actually, I think, in the first episode, doesn't he? He chapter does, one, yeah. Chapter two. Yeah, very first episode. Yeah, right, right off the bat from the first episode. And we see these like assassin droids come up. And this is the first time we've seen someone like him. And I know he was based like uh, we see a similar droid in IG88, don't we? Right, right. Uh, earlier, yeah. So not in Mandalorian and in, in other Star Wars. Um, these these guys are really resourceful, extremely smart strategists. Like they actually have a brilliant computer mind to assess situations and figure out, you know, what is the next threat and try to eliminate that so they can solve the situation. Um, they are also uh, really quick to react. They've got weapons up the wazoo. You know, they they they're really flexible. Uh, yeah, I'm turning American, guys. Seriously, yeah, they 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 um, they're getting really flexible. Yeah, this, this droid, excuse me, sorry, is really flexible. You know, he he's got a, a he he's got a different array of weapons and knows how to use them. It's just brilliant to see something like that show up. 
And honestly, if IG-11 had showed up against IG-88, we'd just be like, okay, cool. So we've got these two droids. Let's just choose one droid to be done with it. Actually, that's not a solution because these two droids are a little bit different because of versions. Well, the, they yeah, are. they are. You're right. Yeah, exactly. But but it's really cool to see uh, droids like IG-11. And I think it's actually different. I mean, I might be biased because I just love Wookiees no matter what. But IG-11 is really cool, especially when you follow his story. So his story doesn't end when he gets uh, reprogrammed in Mandalorian. If you haven't seen Mandalorian, you know, what are you doing? That's right. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Yes. So, I mean, if you, uh, I'm going to mention something that's happened in Mandalorian at the end of, you know, at the end of the season here. When they're cornered, when Mando is cornered, um, then Jordan, you know, he's, he, and he, he's sort of sacrificing himself, you know, he's holding them off so that everybody else can escape. And then he's got IG-11 come back for him and help him. He says, you know, I have to, I have to help you heal your wounds. You have to take off your helmet. He says, well, I, I'm forbidden to taking off my helmet to anyone. Well, you can take off your helmet because I'm not a person. So he does, and then IG-11 helps heal him and stuff, and he takes him down. And then IG-11 sacrifices himself by walking through, you know, the trap at the end and helps them sort of navigate their way out of, out of that tunnel where they're trapped by, right. you know, surrounded by the enemy. It's a really cool story. It really is. Oh, um, the, the story of IG-11 is a tragedy. Yeah. It truly because, especially, is. Especially because droids, you know, Star Wars in particular, Lucasfilm does a great job at making us like droids. Because this concept, right, that you're in the future, so droids become part of your life. You know, mm-hmm. we've, we've started now with iPhones. They're with us everywhere. So we perhaps Siri. And if you've played a game like uh, Detroit Become Human, I was having this con- I was having this discussion with friends of mine, and potentially you can have discussion amongst yourselves. The, the whole point behind that story of Detroit Become Human is you are playing the android or the robot. There's no there's no human factor there. It's all computers. It's all it's all wires. Do they deserve rights or not? And because they actually do a revolution. So what if they can sort of think for themselves? What does that mean thinking for themselves? If you write a code for them to think for themselves, and that means that they're just deciphering code. Does that mean they're thinking for themselves or not? So these these droids get get, get characters. They, be, they have personalities because they have a will of their own to a certain level. And that in itself makes them extra, incredibly cool. And then you add to it how important they are in each story. They can be funny. They can be awesome. K2SO, was a, he's one of, well, he was one of the favorite characters oh, yeah. in World 1, period. Yeah. Period. And he was a droid. And he saved them. And he wasn't, you know, that, that was a character technically, technically with no soul because he's just a bunch of wires. Technically, he's not got his own free will because he was reprogrammed to fight for the rebellion, right? You know, but we still think of him as a character. We still think of him as a person. We still think of him this way. Uh, BB-8, he doesn't even say a single word. I mean, R2-D2, he just keeps swearing and cussing every single second he gets. That's why he keeps getting beeped, right? So the thing is... R2's got a potty mouth, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and we know he does, by the way, even even later on behind the scenes stuff when we see him swearing off the cuff, you know, everywhere. But yeah. Well, 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 uh, real quick, how many times has he been called out on language? You know, like in A New Hope when, when 3PO says yeah, something, yeah, I'd rather yeah, be out there yeah. than stuck in here with you, and he language. beeps something, he's like, you watch your language. And then in Last Jedi, when he says something about the island, he's like, hey, Sacred Island, watch the language. Hey, Sacred Island, so, watch yeah, the language. So yeah, R2's got a mouth on him, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so... Um... That's the thing, you know, these, these droids, man, they're making a case for themselves here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing these, see who's going to win this one because both of these are actually characters that were introduced outside of the films. So, you know, Black K was actually introduced in the comics, IG-11, and Mando. So 
I'm I'm excited to see how these two are going to go up, how they're going to fare against each other. Personally, if I had to vote, I'm going Black K. I'm going to vote Black mm-hmm. Crescent because I, when he popped up in Book of Boba Fett, I, mm-hmm. you could yeah. ask, you, I, like, I lost my mind. I was like, you are shitting me right now. Absolutely brilliant. And his entrance was oh, brilliant. Oh, it was gorgeous. Well. Yeah, it was absolutely, it was so well done. And so, and, and, and the thing is, I knew who it was before it even showed his face. As soon as it showed his back, nice. I was like, no way. Nice. And like, yes, yeah. that's awesome. So I'm excited to see who you guys are going to vote for on this one. Um, and uh, we'll we'll read the results on next week's episode. So right now, as you guys are listening to this, you can head over to our Facebook page, our Twitter page, and uh, the YouTube channel on the community page. All the links for those will be in the description of this podcast. Head over there. Vote right now. If you're listening to this podcast on Spotify, scroll on down a little bit, and you'll see the poll right there you guys can vote on. So uh, we will read the results on next week's episode, and we'll pick the next two. So I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, to seeing how that's going to go. Let's get into some mailbag questions, Usif. We've got three of them picked out this week, and uh, there, I think we've got some really good questions lined up. How do you guys get a question on the Star Wars Canon Podcast? It's very easy. You simply email us at starwarscanonpodcast at gmail.com, or you can visit us at 1138productions.com slash contact. That's our contact page. You can uh, send in a question there as well. Just make sure you add your name and your email address. That way we can actually read your name on the air. We've had a couple of times where uh, people have sent in their email with no name, and we just kind of had to go based off of context and, and kind of a little bit. I'm not gonna, I'm never going to read your email address on the air, but enough of it. Oh, yeah, that way you know who, 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 you, know, who, who you were. So uh, make sure you add your name on there, and uh, I can give you credit for the question. This week we've got three really good questions, and uh, let's just jump right into them. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Uh, we've got really good questions. We, we, we love do hearing questions, guys. Like we genuinely build most of our shows off the fact that you know we want to hear what people have to say about this because everybody's got a different opinion. And I know, you know, there's been questions on here when I've never thought about this question before, not even from that angle. So yeah, let's uh, let's uh, let's hit us with the first one. All right, first question this week comes from Tabitha Bringer. And Tabitha writes in and says, Hey, Brian, longtime fan of your podcast and channel. Wish you had more subscribers. Keep up the great work. Thanks for the kind words. And you know, as far as the subscriber thing goes real quick, there's a saying that, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how many followers you have. Uh, Hitler had 4 million. Jesus had 12. You know what I mean? So it, it doesn't really matter how many followers you have. It's just it's that, you know, that you guys are here. You guys are what make this what it is. So thank you for the kind words. I do appreciate it, Tabitha. Uh, Tabitha goes on to say, the last couple of episodes, you've made it pretty clear how you feel about the sequel trilogy. Uh, while I don't disagree with you, I was wondering if there was anything in the sequel trilogy you did like or that you thought did work. May the force be with you always. Thanks for the question, Tabitha. Basically, she's tired of hearing me complain about the sequels and she's making me say something <laughs> nice about them. Uh, which I get. I yeah, get where, I get where I you're coming from. Yeah. More you, because I, I was defending the sequel trilogy just a little bit last time, and maybe the times before that. You you uh, were the you were the opposite end of the be, spectrum, right? I try to be. I, I try to be a you know less uh, not bashing because you, you you you're not you you don't bash the sequels. You just plainly say what you see. You I just I just bash I, Ray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> and I I understand completely where you're coming from because you also build your argument. But yeah, I mean, you were also mentioning a few things that you were you you found okay 
in Sequel Children last week. You didn't go into them too much, but yeah, I'd like to actually hear this. You know what what you actually liked. Well, I, I talked a lot about what I liked last time, but yeah, I want to hear from you. So one of the things that I really do like about the sequels, and I think you're I think you're really gonna like this. Uh, I I really like Kylo Ren as a character, uh, and nice. and the reason why I like Kylo Ren as a character is. Because of something that he says in The Force Awakens, the first film we're introduced to him in, where he says, you know, I feel the pull to the light again. I will not be seduced by the light side of the Force. That is something we'd never heard of before. And, you know, somebody who wanted to be... Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is somebody who wanted to do bad, but he still felt that natural pull to the light. Kind of like Anakin was the complete opposite. He wanted to be the most powerful Jedi. He wanted to be good. But he, he always had that pull to the dark. So he was he was kind yeah. of the opposite side of the coin as Anakin. He was the complete opposite. He wanted so much to be Vader that he was being the complete opposite of Vader. No matter what he did, he was just the, com- the complete polar opposite. And I really liked that in a character that was a dynamic we'd never seen before. And Kylo Ren is an amazing character. I don't care, you know, yeah, I don't like the sequel films at all as, as, a, as a trilogy, you know. But if you're sitting down and talking about characters... I really liked Kylo Ren as a character, and it's I I think I think he got the raw deal with being in the in the in the films that he was, you know. Um, oh yeah. And I just another thing I liked about the the uh, sequel films. I think we mentioned this. I think I mentioned this on last week's episode was the cinematography of the films. They're gorgeous films. Uh, you can say whatever you want about the Last Jedi, how they treated Luke Skywalker. You can, I mean, you can bash Kathleen Kennedy, whatever. But you have to admit those films are gorgeous. Um, and, and and just can you imagine the original trilogy films with that kind of, you know, that that kind of scenery, the kind of production? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it, it just absolutely gorgeous films. So you have to give them that. Um, so yeah, I will, I'll sit here and say something nice about the sequel films. I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and bash them horribly. Um, I do point out more of the negative stuff in the sequels. I do know I'm guilty of that. And, and, and I try not to be that kind of, that kind of fan. Um, but you know, I, 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 like I said, I'll give credit where credit is due. I, I think they were, and, and look, the force awakens when it first came out, I really did like it. Yes. It was a safe star Wars film. Basically, it was Disney showing, hey, look, we're we're going to be doing Star Wars now. It's in good hands. You don't have to worry about it. We know what we're doing. And, yes, it was a, a very safe film. Uh, but it, it kind of showed that they were trying to capture the heart of it again. And, like I said, it derailed somewhere. So, uh, at least in my opinion. But I'll say something nice about that. I'll, I'll say that. Kylo Ren, it to me, is the saving grace of the sequel films. Um. So yeah, I hope that answers your question, Tabitha. And yeah, Usav, you you do you don't really bash on him as much as I do, um, and 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 I don't. Well, I'm gonna, like, like I said, I don't mean to bash it, on him because of a question. There's a question that comes in later, and I'm gonna I'm gonna rip into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna do a little more sequel bashing here in just a minute. Um, so, <laughs> stay so tuned, Tabitha. Stay tuned. It's gonna be a good one. So thanks for the question, Tabitha. Thank you for sending it in. Thank you for being a listener. I'm glad to have you along, and uh, and we hope uh, you always stay in touch. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's move on to question number two. Question number two this week comes from Kyle Renner, and Kyle writes in saying something that's always bothered me in Star Wars was Leia wearing a homemade dress in Return of the Jedi. Where on earth did the Ewoks get that dress? Love your show. Thanks for the question, Kyle. Uh, this is an interesting question. I hadn't really thought about this uh, before. Uh, where? <laughs> 
where where did the Ewoks get this dress that just magically fit Leia? The like the only there's two options here, and there's nothing in between. There's only two options. Either they made the dress specifically for her in a very short amount on of time. The fly, man. On yeah. The fly. Yeah. <laughs> or, and here's the one that I think makes more sense. They ate a woman somewhere down the line that was Leia's size, and they just kept her clothes. That those are the only two options that make sense to me, and I'm leaning more towards they ate a woman that was the same size as Leia. We know maybe, that maybe we know they're vicious little bastards. Maybe maybe she died somewhere. Maybe she crash landed. They don't have to have eaten the woman. <laughs> they they found her and was like, "Ooh, let's just take her dress and leave her naked body here." Yeah, no, I don't think so, man. Pirates and Lord of the Flies on us all. This got dark really. It did. It got dark really fast. That's the direction I'm leaning because think about it. The Ewoks were vicious. What were they going to do to Han and Luke and Chewie? They had them tied up, getting ready to barbecue them alive. Alive. They weren't even going to kill them first. They weren't going to bleed them out. They were just going to do it alive. You can't tell me they'd never eaten a human before. They they had a taste for human meat, and they were like, ooh, we've got two of them and a Wookiee. Hell to the yeah. Let's do this. Like, you know they have eaten human meat before. And then think about this a little bit further. The end of Return of the Jedi, when they're all celebrating, and the Ewoks are banging on the helmets of the stormtroopers as drums. How do we not know their heads were not still in there? They, they were using the heads of their fallen enemies as drums. You know what I mean? Like they are vicious little bastards. People don't seem to think about the, they think they're teddy bears in star Wars. They were going to straight barbecue alive. Can you imagine the smell of barbecuing two humans and a Wookiee? Like (laughs) just, they were going to do it. So, I fully believe that they cooked. Of course, you know, I damn it. Now I'm playing devil's advocate because they were going to barbecue him with their clothes on. I don't know. What do you think? It was, <laughs> I don't know. What think. Uh, I mean, certainly your guess is as good as mine because this isn't uh, strictly explained anywhere. It's it never. It never is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a dress that's there. It's. Uh, yeah. It could be. It could be from. Someone who crash landed, they could have eaten someone, the poor woman. They could have done it on the fly. We'd like to assume that it was the latter, right? But I mean, <laughs> but see, then, yeah. it, but then it begs the question. Then it begs this question: mm-hmm. Why did they accept Leia and make a dress for her and 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 help her braid her hair and get her looking like Jungle Queen Princess? But then the other was rolling. They're like, yeah, we're just gonna cook them. Fuck it. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need. We're not gonna make clothes for them. Like screw that. We're just gonna cook them a lot. Like so. I, I just. I feel like they kept Leia around because they were like, "Hey, let's keep her because she reminds us of this other person that used to live here, and we still have her clothes. And I bet they would fit her. Let's let her stay." And then the other ones, they were like, "Intruders. We must eat them. We're hungry. We must feed our new guest." Like you know, it's just. Can you imagine if the Ewoks actually had cooked Han and Luke and Chewie and Leia didn't know about it? And then they just bring meat to Leia and she's just like, oh, yeah, thank you. And she starts eating everybody. <laughs> like, oh, no. like, it would have gotten so dark so fast. I just, I don't know. It's a good question because, yeah, now, now it's going to bother me every time I watch Return of the Jedi. I have no <laughs> idea where that dress came from. None. So... Uh, I yeah no, there's nothing in canon, Kyle, that that tells what that <laughs> where that dress came from, or its history or anything. Uh, 
So your guess is as good as mine. Guys, what do you think? Let us know in the comments. I'd love to hear everybody else's opinions about this as well. Uh, where did that dress come from? And uh, did the person who used to wear it get ingested by Ewoks? Let us know. I'd love to know. Uh, and let's move on to question number three. Uh, this would be the, yeah yeah. Let's leave the dark stuff kind of behind, and we'll we'll get a little bit more on some of the sequel da- uh, bashing. Right. Jessica Rice has sent in a question, and Jessica says, "Hello there, Usuf and Brian. I love you guys. You two are truly a force for positive vibes in the fandom, and we need more of that. Thanks for the kind words, Jessica. We do try here at the Star Wars Canon Podcast." Uh, Jessica goes on to say, "What are your thoughts on the dagger in the Rise of Skywalker? Personally, I thought it was stupid that a dagger." that was a 1,000 years old, had a perfect cutout of the Death Star wreckage that just magically lined up with where they were standing on the cliffside. But maybe I'm wrong. Thoughts? Uh, thanks for the question, Jessica. Uh, Usif, let's hear your thoughts on this, man. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. I, I read this question a couple of hours ago, and since then I've been really thinking about it because it it was something that completely turned me off when I was, I'll speak for myself here, completely turned me off when I was watching the thing. And I was... I was really trying to look past it because um, so this this concept, right? The concept that there is an item in any story, right? Whether it's a Star Wars story, or any other story, the concept that there's this item, the, the sole purpose of this item is to move the story along. So you insert this item and this item, you give it some importance. It's transitional. It's not a heroic item. It's just something to get you from point A to point B to point C. And then back to point A, so you could realize that the real target at that point, you know, X, Y, Z. So we see this many times, you know, the, uh, the terms for it, it can be friendly, fun name sort of thing as a, a, a goober. If you've seen uh, Spider-Man uh, uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, sorry, excuse me. Not into, oh, yeah, yeah, Into Spider-Verse. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. then, uh, uh, or um, a MacGuffin. Now, the thing is that actually Star Wars... Uh, has arguably the most iconic MacGuffin slash goober slash uh, transitional item ever in A New Hope. You know, the video recording, which, uh, or, and the plans of the Death Star, which are carried, you know, obviously from that mission from Rogue One. And then they're carried from, uh, you know, to safety and then eventually into the hands of Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then they take that to the Rebels and so on because Leia tries to sort of sneak those away. Now, the thing is that this item is um, not that. So we do get this kind of item in the sequel trilogy, obviously in episode seven, when there's an item, you know, which BB-8 is carrying and which he encounters Ray and Finn uh, because Poe was uh, securing this item because it leads them to Luke Skywalker, the map, you know, part of the map, which leads them to Luke Skywalker. And the rest of the map is on R2-D2. Now, the thing is, with, with this item, you're talking about the Sith dagger. Uh, I'll talk about... Not just this item, but there's another item in the same film, in Rise of Skywalker, which is also treated in the same way. So initially, the we start Rise of Skywalker by seeing a Sith Wayfinder. So the point of this Sith, and I'll, I'll speak about both because they're sort of intertwined and you can see the differences between both and why they're used. And um, the Sith Wayfinders, there's only two of them. Only two remained, right? Uh, one of them was with and they both led the point of the sith wayfinder was to lead to exegol which is you know a very sacred sith planet and very important because it was important in the plans of darth sidious one of them was with darth, was with darth sidious on board the second death star right and then the other one 
was in uh, in possession uh, of Darth Vader on Mustafar. Okay, that's where we see the start of Rise of Skywalker when we see Kylo Ren battling his way in Mustafar. You know, uh, we're not sure who he's battling or why. It just looks cool, but he um, he he finds the Sith Wayfinder. And uh, that leads him to Exegol. It's got the coordinates on there. And I've got a problem with this right off the bat. And it's the fact that this Sith Wayfinder, uh, it leads him to Exegol, not by opening it in a specific way or speaking a Sith language. We see him plugging it into his, not sure what his, I, I'm not sure if he was flying an X-Wing or what he was, uh, sorry, excuse me, not a, God, not an X-Wing, a TIE Fighter or what he was flying uh, or his Interceptor or something. He just plugs it into his computer. So that leads, you know, it begs the question, can anybody just pick this up and use it? Or is it like specific to a force user? Well, the thing is that I think what happened was it leads him to the coordinates uh, of the red cloud, you know, before Exegol. And that's really hard to navigate. So he uses potentially the force and his super amazing flying skills, which he's inherited through his bloodline and through the fact that he is very strong with the force, uh, Kylo Ren, uh, Ben Solo. So he can navigate this, a harsh, you know, climate, and then go in there himself and find what he's looking for, which is, you know, you, you all know the rest. Later on, this same item, right? Um, Ray is trying to look for the Sith Wayfinder on the second Death Star, right? Which has crashed on the planet with, uh, I can't remember the name of the planet right the second, but it's the planet it was with Kef, the huge, Kef you Beer, know, Kef Burr, something like that, yeah. Yes, 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 exactly. The one which she lands with uh, Poe and Finn on, uh, or Finn at least, and then they go and there's the like, really rough seas and she used this sort of like little right. um, Dune wave rider or whatever it is, uh, a broken wave runner thing, and she goes up there and she finds it. So obviously she doesn't find it before first using uh, the Sith, uh, excuse me, uh, the, yes, uh, the Sith dagger. Now, the dagger, here's where this comes into play, sort of. They, they, they add this sort of cool-ish character. He's a Sith assassin. can't remember his name as well. <laughs> Sorry for the moment at the time being. I haven't done my research rightly, uh, correctly. But the thing is that they just add the character as a Sith assassin to say, well, this is a cool item. So it adds a shroud of mystery. Now, that's the first thing it does. But where does this dagger come from? We don't know. Where does it actually come from? Is it made really far back? Well, here's the thing. If it actually points and it's used as a map or a directional assistance for finding the Death Star or for simulating finding the Death Star, not only does it have to have been made after the second Death Star is built, right? but it also has to point specifically to a very specific part of the Death Star, when you look at it from a certain angle, this is just weird. Yeah. This is really, really, really weird. Because we don't know where it's made. I don't know. Was this the dagger that was used to kill Ray's parents yes. or something? Yes, it was. Um, yes, so exactly. The, the only thing that I, and I'm pretty sure, I, actually, I think they might have explained some of this uh, somewhere in a, in a visual dictionary. Uh, so the, the Sith dagger, it, it was actually called the blade of, uh, of, uh, Ochi, a blade of Ochi of Bastoon, which was Ochi, right? Um, Ochi is the Sith right. Assassin. Ochi yeah, is the Sith assassin. So, uh, I, it belonged to him. It was the blade that was used to kill, uh, Ray's parents. So because of everything that he did with it, I guess it imbued it with a very strong dark side energy. I'm, I'm kind of looking some stuff up on the dagger right now. 
Uh, it says date created for ABY. So that means it was created around the time of Return of the Jedi. So it had to have been made immediately after the Death Star, right? We may get, you know, look, we may get all these answers in the upcoming novel, The, the Shadow of the Sith. We might get every one of these answers, right? Um, but I, I don't, we don't know who carved the knife. We don't, but if it was created after the, after the destruction of the Death Star, it kind of explains why it, you know, it was carved to match up with the wreckage. As far as the inscription on it goes, if you remember, didn't 3PO, when he translated it, didn't he give coordinates of where you were supposed to stand when he had, you know, when he had uh, the red eyes why? and everything? Okay. I think he gave coordinates on where you were supposed to stand on a moon in the Endor system. I remember him saying that. And then I think he gave some coordinates. So I think they had to be standing in that one spot for it to work. Um, and then and then held it okay, up and so kind of figured it out. who put it there? Was it at the behest I, I don't know. of Palpatine? I don't know. Was that, so, yeah, exactly. So was it encoded? This is my point, right? So if it was created later on and it does it exactly is it's it's uh, it's decoded by uh, C, uh by c3po in that scene where he has the sith language but he's been programmed to not say it so he has right. to sort of get they have to bypass that sort of thing in his program but anyway oh the, I, f- I found the uh, i found the inscription okay the translated inscription um it says oh hang on a second i, I lost it here it is um the emperor's wayfinder is in the imperial vault at delta three six Transient 936 bearing 32 on a moon in the Endor system from the southern shore only this blade tells. So it was actually it was inscribed with the with the coordinates of where they had to stand for that mm-hmm. dagger to make any sense. And 3PO was able to to translate that from Sith. Uh so um, yeah. So the only way I think that yeah. this would actually the only way that that would make sense is that somebody specifically wrote that on there? And right. Who else would do that other than Palpatine? Right. Right. And, but and, but the thing is, Palpatine, but Palpatine was quote unquote dead at that point when this thing was created because his body was already on Exegol. You know, I mean, and and he wasn't on the moon in the Endor system to know exactly where that where that wreckage landed. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. No, so no, I, I don't, don't know who created this stupid thing. And and who wrote that code on it? You know. Because yeah, because if, if ancient Sith trying to give a hint somewhere. Yeah, if ancient Sith it? was banned by the by the Republic laws, and three PO didn't even have it, then who wrote it? You know, and and I mean, Ochi, Ochi has got a history of hanging out with Darth Vader, right in the comics, right? And yeah. and he was a, a very strong supporter of the Sith. So, I, I don't know. So here's. Uh, the only suspects I can think I can seem to think of um, would be Ochi, firstly. Right. Um, the Sith minions that were on the planet, if you remember, there oh, was like the Eternals, the yeah. Full of, yeah, the Eternals. There's them. There's also um, the dude who uh, I can't remember his name for the life of me now. I'm sorry, I'm dropping names. I'm really tired. But yeah, um, uh, the thing is that the general that in Rise of Skywalker, he comes up and he's working for, uh, he's clearly an inside guy for Palpatine. Mm-hmm. And he's on, you know, with, with the First Order and he's always challenging Hux's authority and things like that. Right. Um, yeah, him. So he, he could be, he could be that guy. But, I mean, who, who else, who else would do this? Who else would do this? Uh, if this was made by Sith, then clearly the point behind it was, okay, so let's do this because sometime, someday, someone will be able to, you know, someone who reads Sith language, which is not 
common, not often, not ever, right. would be able to look at this, pick it up, and it would fall into his hands, and they would go to this place and they would read it. And if Ochi, you know, used it to kill uh, to kill someone very important for uh, Darth Sidious and Palpatine, uh, and he did that on purpose, and he was he was also sent to find Rey uh, and bring her back, but he clearly failed failed in in, um, in his mission. Right. If he was if he was supposed to do that, then maybe he was the one who wrote the inscription, wrote the code, just in case you know it fell into the wrong hands, or he was supposed to give this to Ray, and she would have to figure the journey right. out on her own or something. It's it's possible. Uh, I mean, it, I know it's a stretch. It, I am stabbing in the dark here. I don't have an answer. I mean, yeah, I'm me just neither. Trying to not yet. And this anyway. is something which I really not yet anyway. But this is something which I really dislike about the movie. This is why about this movie. Agreed. You know, you're, yeah. the writing and the events of this movie, why is this so shrouded in mystery? Why are we suddenly getting this little piece of a USB or a sort of weird item that sort of just fell into our lap and we don't know where it came from? And all of a sudden, it's just there leading us into the climax oh. of something. Oh, you mean like and Luke's then... lightsaber? How <laughs> <laughs> it just popped up out of nowhere. Another, another goober. There we go. Or something like that. I mean, it's not necessarily goober, but yeah, it is something like that. Yeah. Um, this, this, oh. this goes on to say there was more to the inscription, um, and not mm-hmm. just the okay. because there was a. It says Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, the Visual Dictionary. The full translation was finally revealed. It actually goes on to uh, say, and it was in Sith. It was it said, "Reanimate the dead Sith Overlord on Exegol. He is the Eternal One." Mm-hmm. So whoever made this thing knew Palpatine was on Exegol. Could inscribe Sith. I just. Ah man, I I hope we get an answer on where this dagger came from in Shadow of the Sith. Mm-hmm. And we probably will. Um but I'm with you cuz I this dagger thing was just stupid to me. <laughs> it's it was, not just the dagger, it was so the dagger stupid. and the wayfinder. Yeah. It's, it's both because really the 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 dagger and the wayfinder and the way another thing which pisses me off about about the relationship between the dagger and the wayfinder. Did you realize this the relationship between the dagger and the right. wayfinder is that this is supposed to be difficult. Right? Yeah. It's supposed to be special. Yeah. Exactly. It's to be difficult. It just isn't. And any, I mean, if it was difficult to get to Exegol in the first place, when Ray uh, goes off to Exegol, she uh, is followed then by the rest of the fleet. Yeah, right? she was dropping. All, she was dropping the the beacons. The signals, the beacons. Yeah. yeah. So then, uh, so then, all of a sudden, that's that's easy now. Okay. Yeah. So that's and then, easy. So and then, then all the of a sudden, the, the entire galaxy shows up to Exegol. Like all exactly. of a sudden, everybody just figured out how to navigate red space everybody, and got there. Everybody yeah, everybody showed up for that fight. Yeah. Everybody showed up for that fight. You know, so what was the point of that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't and then know. here's and another then, question: Why did the uh, the Sith dagger only port, point towards Sidious's wayfinder when Vader's was on Mustafar? Why was there a dagger pointing to Vader's? You know, I mean, it's just crickets, crickets. It, it doesn't make any sense. Like the whole idea, I get it. No, it was, it was a plot crickets. device. That's all it was. That Sith dagger was just a, yeah, plot, it's a device. plot device. That is, that is, because that is the term after it was used, yeah. you never saw it again. Exactly. You never exactly. saw it again. That is the point. That is the yeah. point of these plot devices, right? You, they, they don't carry story significance. They don't. Yeah. They're just there for transitions. Once the transition is done, once you've you've looked left and then you all of a sudden you've looked right, so you're no longer looking back there. Done. That item is no longer important. Does yep. not carry that much significance. That's that. Right, you can throw that away. It's it's, a, it's basically trash. You know, yeah, the way yeah, basically. Trash, the the whole dagger thing is trash. So long as you're, ooh, look at that. It's circular and the curvature, and then you look yeah. through it. It's a thing, and then it's oh, it's in that chamber. 
and then she goes up there and she finds the chamber inside Palpatine's chamber. Like, and then, like I thought boom, she was going to find one eyed Willie's treasure with that stupid thing. <laughs> like, I just, I just. I, so where's Waldo? Yeah. Where's Waldo? And, and honest to God, after she figured out where it was, held it up and figured out where it was, she could have chucked it into the ocean and it wouldn't have mattered. A lick a cent. Like, never. Nobody would have ever found it again. You know, and it's just. I don't know. And then she's able to pick it up. And she's like, horrible things have happened with this blade. Well, yeah. What about the lightsaber that's on your belt? Did you get any feelings when you touched that? Like, younglings getting freaking slaughtered? Like, you didn't catch anything on the youngling slaughter? Like, I just, I I don't know. There's just so much around the dagger that it just, I don't, it didn't make any, I mean, it made sense. Don't get me wrong. It made sense. But it was there when it was needed, and then once it was used, it was gone. And it was completely useless after that. And And we don't know where it came from. We don't know why. Not yet, anyway. Excuse me, not why, but but how. Well, not yet, anyway. But, I mean, how it was. Yeah, how it was inscribed by who. And then here's another question. really for this purpose. Here's another question. Why? Shoot. Why would there be. (laughs) Okay. Why would there be a dagger, right? Leading. Like you said, it was so easy. Why would there be a dagger yeah. leading somebody to it? And if, if it was a reminder for Palpatine, he already knew where it was. He was in the vault, right? Oh, no, no, it wasn't a reminder. For sure, it wasn't that. Yeah, so it I had, mean, to, yeah, it had to be there to lead somebody to it. He already knew where it was. Yeah. So if Palpatine made that dagger, that means he had to have stood on that shore at some point, saw the shape of the wreckage, made the dagger, inscribed the dagger, went back to Exegol, gave it to Ochi, and was like, hey, I was just there, but you go get it. <laughs> you know, imagine, like, imagine it doesn't make will, any Brian, sense. Imagine, imagine, if you will, you know, he's transferred his soul into his, his vat, his vat of acid, where the body, or his vat of whatever juices that his body was, is being yeah. recreated in on Exegol, and he's uh, deploying his minions and he's saying, you know, you need to inscribe this into the dagger. You need to tell someone one day what they would need to hear. And he's just preparing, preparing, because he's, he's always, he's 50 steps ahead of you. Yeah. 50 steps ahead of you, no matter what you do. Yeah, but no, he's, this is just really weird. Really, really weird, yeah. because um, we, we still don't know why it's there. This is a really good, important question, because it, it not only tackles... A specific item which is weird as hell but um, it also talks about this whole concept if we do see these items they they they're, they're troublemakers these items yeah. you know what i mean yeah unless you get like a brilliant big story behind it rogue one was literally made for the entire goober that was in a new hope it was that yeah was it was brilliant. the final goal yeah right and that was absolutely brilliant because that was important so how did they get this oh no we're gonna turn this into a big huge brilliant story and they did and it was worth it and it was absolutely amazing it's added dimensions to star wars mm-hmm. it is it's added viewpoints and a dimension to it and the characters and everything all of the characters which we see from you know director krennic who is really cool by the way oh yeah uh, back to that cool back to that cool uh, ranking and the villains and stuff. um but yeah he's um you know, if, if you look at these characters and look at the story behind it, that makes sense. That right. Uber completely. You see where it's come from, why it's there, and it, it's completely plausible. A big empire like that, architectural plans, stealing it, moving it from one place to another. Uh, the droid, you know, he's trying to mm-hmm. go. He's finding Kenobi, and he finds him. Boom, bing, bang, boom. You know? yeah. Of course, it's amazing happening by chance and everything, just a little bit. But you need a little bit of chance for a good story, don't you? But yeah. yeah, this is... This is not chance. This is just question mark after question mark after question mark in Rise of Skywalker over here. I mean, we don't even get this in, in – we, well, obviously, we do get this in the sequel trilogy in the first movie. 
these are, you know, the main two, which I had mentioned, obviously the, the map Luke Skywalker, we don't know exactly how it ended up in the old man's, um, I call him the old man affectionately. <laughs> I don't mean to be insulting. Oh, and Lorsen Tekka. Lorsen Tekka is. Yeah, Lorsen Tekka. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, great. Um, yeah, we, you know, we, he, they, it ends up in his hands because he understands uh, the importance of it and he shares it, uh, you know, he wants to share it with Leia because he's like, well, you know, we need him. We need Luke. So we can't, we can't just let him sit idly by sort of thing. We need him back in the fight. Yeah. And that's his, his plea. So yeah, we get that. Um, the lightsaber all of a sudden falling into Ray's hands and Mascanada bringing it out. How did it get to Mascanada? That, that is a story for another time. Okay, 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 Lupita Nyong'o. Well, that, that story's story. kind of been, story it's kind of been right teased now. to us, too, because they've kind of showed know, that somebody got yet. their hands on it, but they haven't really followed it since then, you know? So, yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. just, I I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I'm, I was never a fan of the dagger. Um, mm-hmm. It just oh, no. didn't make no, any no, sense to me at all, so. Yeah, uh, but I, I get what they were kind of going for, and I just it fell flat. You know, it was just, there's cause one of the things is the, when George Lucas did Star Wars, right? He always did a why. Everything. Oh yeah. Every character had a name. You know what I mean? Every action figure had a name. Ponda Baba had a name. He had two lines that weren't even English. You know what I mean? Like every single character had a name. Everybody had a reason for being there. And then now we have things that there's no reason for it to be there <laughs> whatsoever. And they left all these holes. And, and I, I don't want to call them plot holes because they're they're not really plot holes, but they're just missing plot. You know, they're they're, there's missing holes. detail. Yeah. That yeah. you should be able to watch Rise of Skywalker and know exactly what's going on without having to read a book, oh, yeah. without having to look at, a, yeah. at a, a visual dictionary, without reading a comic book. You should be able to know exactly what's going on and then everything else be built off around that. You know, exactly. to, and to if enhance there is it. something missing, you ought yeah. to be able to go back you and should. see it in the other films, not be left wondering what the heck. Exactly. They, they, they should. You should be able to watch all three films as a trilogy, know exactly what's going on, have every detail of everything, know exactly what's going on, and then go. Oh, I want to read this comic book and this novel also to add more story to it, not fill in details that we should have gotten in the film. You know. So I yeah the dagger pissed me off too and it it's always bothered me and uh, I, I want to add something here a little bit go for uh, it yeah I think it I think it's uh, along the lines at the same point we were discussing you know it adds to our talk I suppose when we uh, when I look through Star Wars videos in general online and uh, people other people's opinions and fan quotes and Q and A's and things like that I saw a thing about you know somebody was bashing J.J. Um, Abrams for not caring about Clone Wars, not caring about, you know, uh, the sacrifice of Vader, for not caring about anything really in Star Wars or even Force Ghosts or anything. Well, let me just say something in about that. I'm not necessarily going to defend the guy because I don't know the guy and I don't know much about anything. And I don't know much about the mission that was given to him. But it's clear that it wasn't in his hands. He was given, he was given a task. And sure, he might have a certain amount of free reign to do his task because that was what happened in Star Wars. The director gets the, the reins to write stuff as well. And don't forget that he brought in George Lucas as a sort of consultant. He was asking him questions. He was like, help me. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm in a rut here. I'm stuck. This is what I felt happened as well. Mm. Clear that, you know, he brought him in because, I'm, firstly, nobody's handled Palpatine except George Lucas. So why don't you help us out here? Right. But at the same time, okay, here's what I've been tasked with. How the F do I get out of this? How the F do I make this work? How do I put this? How do I push that? How do I do this, 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 and that? You know, he's got he's to gotta do something here, and he doesn't have much tools to do it. So 
he 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 can he can really make it difficult for himself and try working with what he's got and then turn that into a different story, or he can just sort of give himself the tools right then and there. And this is what he's done with these two goobers, with these two MacGuffins, with these two things here. Now I don't like it, but he, I think he knows that. Well, that that's not going to be my problem. Uh, right. I don't mean this in a bad way. I'm not saying like, well, not my job. I I, I don't think this is it. I what I think it is, it's. Yeah, this can be fixed in a certain way. Yeah, this we're we're gonna add enough backstory for it to just be sounding off. Because other people, you know, you can tell by the way you asking this question about um, about about the dagger. You can tell that not only are you a Star Wars fan, but you're a movie fan. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You you are a story fan. You're a fan of a good story. You know, you're a fan. Um, you're a fan of of plots. You you've read into this, Jessica. Uh, you've you've seen other items and you you thought well that makes sense but this doesn't. So if you if you really want to think about why they did it, obviously that's the why the writing and the and the and the political I don't mean political as an actual politics. I mean the political position which Lucasfilm was in and the business position they were in, and they were afraid of the backlash and they didn't want to cause too much controversy. So they were like let's 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 change shit back to the way it was. You know we need a Hey, JJ um, Abrams, we need to save face. Not we need a home run. We need to save face. Right. And that's a completely yeah, that's a completely different approach. Yeah. And obviously, Star Wars is the worst because of it. Um, so yeah, this was me, not necessarily bashing, but definitely not happy with anything that was going on in Rise of Skywalker in this respect. Right. I still find stuff that I like in the story. Um, I still appreciate Kylo Ren turning back to the light side, even though I would have loved to see some more commitment, as I mentioned on last week's show. Oh, Listen yeah. to last week's show if you haven't, because you'll you'll hear some stuff which we mentioned about you know what what we think should have happened and what we think could have happened to 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 change stuff around. Oh, by the way, yeah, uh, I wanted to add this, but I, I'm glad I I so I had it written down here. And I was just holding my notebook and all of a sudden it fell on my hand and uh, I literally just saw me write this point. I was gonna forget it completely. How I think now, now that we've said why it doesn't make sense, how we think it ought to have made sense. I think if you if if your idea which you had mentioned last week, which which is genius by the way, um, of having um, the return of Palpatine, teased oh, be, or at, be at the end, at of, the last end Jedi? of Last yeah. Jedi, if Palpatine reaches out that conniving, sneaky little MFR, if he if he this amazing Dark Lord, if he reaches out through the Force and plants an idea or the message in Ray's head, or Kylo Ren's head, depending on whichever direction sort of thing. If we're keeping with the same direction, then Ray, because he wants Ray. Right, right. Doesn't actually, he wants Kylo Ren to get him Ray, to bring him Ray, you know what I mean? Because she's important. If he plants that, and then he sends Oshi, um, or potentially sends it to him, to her himself by any means sort of thing, that would then not only show that there's a relationship there between you know what why where the dagger came from but also why it's important here he is the mastermind is dropping the dagger to you the same dagger that killed her parents and one of the items which he has used previously to do other evil stuff you know it's used with a specific metal supposedly or whatever it is you know because then it would have much more purpose darth Mm -hmm. sidious is strong enough what if the dagger is in Snoke's possession, and it's and then Kylo Ren finds that, or Ray finds that there. 
See, there's there's other avenues they could have done. Oh, how, if they stumbled across it, like like in Last Jedi, or if Kylo Ren knew that there was this, I don't know, chamber or spot or something or or or, or chest or whatever, which where you know Snoke keeps his stuff, right? You know or I mean? if Snoke Kinda even, like or if or a room where he keeps his wife, where, where <laughs> yeah, or like if Snoke just had the dagger hanging on his belt the whole time, for example. For example, you know what I mean? And this yeah. dagger is important. Why? Well, I mean, we know now that Snoke is Sidious, right? Sidious is sort of impersonating. You know, he's he's created a manifestation Being for himself. Being the puppeteer, sort of right. Like... So in that case, if he's a puppeteer and Snoke is his puppet, he can actually have the dagger on him and then use it to give to Rey when he's interrogating her or mm-hmm. show her or make her feel dark things or give it to Kylo Ren and be like, hey, use this. Go find the Wayfinder. Your destiny's there. Yeah. So so-and-so, you know? And then he gives it to him earlier on in the film or something and then once this is done you need to bring me the girl and then go 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 seek your destiny and then he decides to kill snoke but he still has the dagger so then he reads it because presumably kylo ren's learned sith by now um presume, i'm <laughs> yeah. completely presuming or assuming right now you know but yeah he's um if he takes that and reads it and then he goes straight to the second death star you know and then he finds that and he finds the chamber and then he finds the Wayfinder and he goes to Exegol. Obviously, it's really cool that he goes to Vader's uh, old lair where he kept his Wayfinder because he's such right. a huge, you on know, Mustafar, he's yeah. idolizing his grandfather and all that and everything. Um, but then potentially, Ray would have to go face off against Vader stuff. That would be amazing, too. No, I mean, here we are writing fan fiction and stuff. And, but yeah, here's the... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Here's just a few ideas of how it could we could make it work, you know. And I I like I like doing this more than I like bashing, you know. I, I don't mean that you know it's a bad thing to bash on the car. Oh yeah, we need to no, express yeah. everything, and we need to express our opinions, and this is the space to do it. We want to create the space, but I want to make sure that we can, um, also think about what what we ought to have seen, mm-hmm. you know. Because if we if we just say no no no, and then if we say uh, if somebody asks me, well, well, what what would have been better? Why did you a better job then? Why did you do a better job then? Okay, well, here's how I do it. Uh, if you just if you just blank out and say, well, no, I don't know how to do. It. It's not my job. Well, come on, you know, you're not you're not just here to to sort of just absorb information. You gotta right. gotta play with it a little bit. You know, you gotta you gotta have your own little twinge here, tw- twing and twang sort of thing. You gotta make sure you know what ticks. You gotta make sure when you know what what makes you like this and what makes you keep coming back for more. Yeah. And uh, I don't mean to be extra hypercritical or anything, but you got to be a little bit critical. You know? Oh, you have to. Yeah, no, I'm um, I'm pretty critical. That's, uh, I try to be pretty critical. Uh, end of rant. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> no, I uh, there's there's like you said, we could sit and talk all day about what we could do to make it better. And uh, actually, what what you brought up all ago, what we were talking about last week, uh, trying to to make episodes seven, eight, nine better and putting that beginning scene of Rise of Skywalker at the end of Last Jedi. I am putting that together, that scene. So um That's gonna be amazing. Probably won't be able to monetize it on the YouTube channel at all. But uh I do want to make it and put it up and uh I just just to kind of see it, you know, just to see because I'm hell, I may put it together and go, nah, that don't work. Never mind. But I, I just have this feeling like it's gonna work. You know? So mm-hmm. and all the material is there to do it. There's there's a way you could do oh, some yeah, sneaky yeah, yeah, editing yeah. to do it. So I'm I'm gonna I'm giving it a shot. I'm gonna see if I can't get that made. So uh, it anyway, been so cool if we saw you know even that even that cackle the laugh in yeah. the trailer of the last uh, excuse me in the trailer of Rise of Skywalker, if that and if we had zero zero inkling of that going into Last Jedi and all of a sudden we hear that spine chilling cackle, 
at the end, right after Luke dies and Kylo Ren goes in and he's like, shit, they've escaped it. They, they've escaped me again. Yeah. And then we hear that. Or even worse, if Luke hears that before he dies. Oh, my God. Oh, geez. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> let, him, let that be Luke's final thing he ever hears is... Or maybe that's the thing that brings him into the force. Maybe the cat comes out. <laughs> he has a heart attack. Kylo like, Ren. are you serious? Oh, damn. <laughs> or maybe, maybe, maybe even before that, maybe, maybe it shouldn't be so, so severe. Maybe after Kylo Ren kills Snoke and then they have this explosion thing on, on, on the, on the motherboard, uh, on the mothership, um, of, of the first order. Then we hear that cackle because like, Oh, look at that. You've done it. Like you're 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 growing, young yeah. Kylo Ren. You're gonna surpass Vader, sort of thing. And then he's like, "What? What the f is going on?" And, yeah. and he, "What is that?" And then Ray's like, "Holy crap!" And she hears the voice, and she's like, "What is this? I feel inside me, sort of thing." Because there's a connection between her and the voice. Yeah. No. There's 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 a bunch of ideas. Would you hang on? Would you accept this? Would you like Lucasfilm to re-release the sequels just to change this little tidbit? Uh, I'm not saying reshoot like, the like whole thing. Like what we're talking what if, about? What if Lucasfilm came out and did this? Yeah, everything Do, we're seeing oh, yeah. right now. Yeah, I'd be totally you okay would? with that. Yeah, I would. I, I would. Like I would that. absolutely be yeah. absolutely be okay with that. I, you know, hell, we've already changed every other Star Wars movie anyway. We have special editions of everything, <laughs> so why not? You know, I, it's you know. Well, I mean, they've. Only I, I think they could do it, this, right? But this is this this is a big thing. It changes the perspective. It does, it and that's does. the thing. And that, but that's the thing. That's what you need to change is the perspective. That's exactly right. what we need to change. So. I think if they were to to come back and do that change, exactly the way, I don't want to say exactly the way I say because they may come up with a better way to do it than me. But if they were to come up with a way to make the big cliffhanger in Last Jedi be that Palpatine is still alive instead of it being revealed in the opening crawl of Nine, then, yeah, Bro. I think that would be Bro. absolutely awesome. And it would really make it feel like one cohesive story and that that Palpatine was pulling the strings all the way through. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I think I would be exactly. okay with it. That, that's I'm gonna I'm gonna work on it this weekend. I'm gonna see if I can't put that scene together, and uh, I'll send it to you before I send it to anybody else to get your thoughts on it before I upload it. Because <laughs> nice. I'll let you be the nice. first one to see it. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that together because nice. I'm really curious how that Me would look and, Jessica, and how it would feel. She. <laughs> Me and Jessica Rice, I think, because she really deserves it. She really yeah. With she it. she really got the the con the 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 topic right on this one because it juice is flowing. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but thank you, Jessica, for sending in the question and uh, letting us know your thoughts on it, guys. <laughs> let us know your thoughts on the Sith dagger on the on the blade of Ochi of Bastoon. Uh, keep it civil. You guys know how I am. Keep it civil. Don't argue. It's it's a debatable thing, not an arguable thing. So. Uh, is there anything else we need to talk about, Usu? Is there anything we're missing that uh, we wanted to get uh, out? Nothing major, unless uh, it's been a couple of episodes since you've brought up the event when you're going to be uh, raising funds. You're absolutely uh, the right. Charity raising funds for at the end of the year, towards you're, the end of the year. You're absolutely right. I don't think I brought it up on the last couple of episodes. So, if you guys are new to the Star Wars Canon Podcast, new to Eleven Thirty Eight Productions, uh, I'll, 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 we'll, we'll talk about it again. Uh, I'm going to be making an event on Facebook uh, about this and and kind of coming up with some more info the closer we get to it but here's the main gist of it so uh for those of you that don't know i i'm a veteran from the united states army i was i was in for three years uh, i know it's not that long compared to a lot of other people i know it's not so uh but i you know i i, I did a tour in iraq and there's a lot uh as far as the military goes that really stuck with me and 
one of the things that I've had to deal with over the years uh, and have firsthand experience with is veteran suicide. It's something that uh, has changed me as a person and uh, has has really changed my outlook on a lot of things, you know. Um, and so it's 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 a cause that that matters a lot to me. Uh, it hits really close to home. So uh, this November on the 11th, which is Veterans Day in the United States, I am going to be sitting down and doing a 24-hour stream uh, on YouTube. Uh, it's going to be gaming, Q&A, all, all this other stuff. We're, we're, we're just going to be sitting down and, 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 and just streaming for 24 hours. Now, I don't think you can do a 24-hour stream on YouTube. I think you have to break it up into certain numbers. So what we'll end up doing is streaming for a few hours, cutting the stream, giving me a chance to kind of get up, stretch my legs, uh, do what I need to do, get, you know, get a drink, use the bathroom, anything like that, come back and we're going to fire up the stream again. And we're going to be going for 24 hours. So uh, during that 24 hours, we're going to be raising money to raise awareness and to combat veteran suicide um, in the form of Super Chats and uh, uh, PayPal donations. Every single penny that we make that night that is donated is going to be going towards uh, that cause. I, we're not keeping a penny of it, none of it. Uh, and during that stream, uh, for those of you that don't know, I my Canon collection, I have now switched it to uh, being a digital a collection on my Kindle now. Uh, so I've got hardback books from everything all the way up until this time last year. And I've, I think I've got some of the High Republic stuff in hardback and everything. So I've got several, several, several hardback novels that we're going to be raffling off and, and giving, or I shouldn't say raffling off, we're going to be giving away as prizes uh, to everybody who donates over a certain amount uh, to this cause. So basically we'll start, and this, this isn't how many books I have, but we're just doing round numbers. Let's say we start with 50 books that night, and somebody donates over that 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 magic number, right? They will get the choice of, what, these are the novels that we have, you get to pick which one. I'll take that book, put your name in it, keep it to the side, and then the next person to, do, to donate gets to pick from the 49 that are left, everything like that. So... We're, we're trying to give an incentive to those people who uh, donate to this cause. And we'll get your shipping information and everything like that. You just email it to us after we get you tagged for a book. And uh, we'll, we'll get those out to you guys as a thank you uh, for, for donating to this cause. So that's going to be on November 11th. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. More details will be coming in the coming months because uh, we're coming up on May now. We're still six months away from this thing. Uh, six and a half months out. So there's going to be a lot more info coming out. I'll let you guys know um, which uh, uh, which charity, I guess you could say, we're going to be donating this to, um, and we're going to be promoting it pretty hard. So, uh, Usuf, I'm glad you brought that up. I did want to talk about that uh, a little bit. And, and also, yeah, sure. and, and there's one other thing I wanted to bring up also. So my father-in-law uh, has been working really hard the last couple of weeks. We bought a, uh, a laser engraver. And he has been engraving shot glasses and, I mean, like, keychains, so like, all kinds of so stuff. Excited. And uh, the, they, are, they are absolutely awesome. The, the, the sh- I'm, I'm in love with the shot glasses. They're so freaking cool. And it's, like, I think, a matter of fact, last week when you and I recorded, Yusuf, the last, like, five or ten minutes, right, right toward the end, he walked in and set one down in front of me on the desk and then walked out and I, I it was dark in here I always I had the lights off and everything we weren't video any using video for anything so I just had the lights off we were just you know recording in the dark and so when we got done recording I shut everything off I got up and I 
picked it up and walked out in the light and was looking at it. I was like, this is so cool. He actually engraved the Star Wars Canon Library logo in the side of the shot glass. It looked amazing. It kind of fogged the glass, you know, for the logo. Looks so cool. So we're going to be uh, giving away some of that stuff as well. Um, and we're going to be getting a merchandise page up on 1138productions.com for those of you who would like to um, purchase some of that. And, and you know what's funny? As much as we just bashed the Wayfinders and everything, the first two shot glasses that we made, we only have two of. And so <laughs> I'm keeping one, and I'm going to send the other one to Usif, and we're, I'm calling them the Wayfinder shot glasses because only two were made. As nice. much as we just bashed the the Wayfinders, we're going we're gonna to have the Wayfinder shot glasses, just the two of us. So, uh, yeah, we have that to look forward to. But keep an eye out on 1138productions.com. We're going to be getting a storefront going there pretty soon. Uh, and make sure you tag the date for November 11th to, uh, to join us. Uh, to uh, to try to raise money for this cause. So uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Oops, I, I really did want to talk about that. So is there anything else now that we uh, need to bring up before we sign off? I'd like to wish, uh, you know, our listeners a really happy weekend. And may the force be with them. May the force be with you, Brian, from all, all the way across the world. And to you, brother, as well. So, all right. And that should do it for this episode of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. Don't forget we are here every week talking about our favorite thing in the world on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Uh, be sure to visit 1138productions.com for this show, the Marvel cast, and coming soon, uh, 1138 Talk Radio, which is still in the works, guys. We are still going to be getting that going as, as well. So 1138 Gaming can also be found at 1138productions.com. If you'd like to support us and our content, please check out patreon.com slash 1138productions and show some love there. You'll also gain access to the exclusive content that I mentioned earlier at the top of the show uh, there as a thank you for supporting us. All those links can be found in the description of this show on whichever platform you're listening in on. So until next week, this is Brian Anusov signing off. Keep it civil, and may the force be with you guys. All right, we're out. Good, buddy. Nice one. Good show. show.